politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow Paul Revere's and Minutemen, to this, the only independent conservative talk show. Daniel Horowitz here at the Conservative Review podcast, Wednesday, April 22nd. And those footsteps that you hear, the galloping, it is not the horse of Paul Revere headed to Lexington and Concord. It is the car of Congressman Thomas Massey driving from northern Kentucky to Washington, D.C. What is he going to do? I don't know. I didn't talk to him today. But we have a modern-day Paul Revere that is willing to be the one man to stand up for representative democracy where you can't have masters of the universe. Yes, Trump, who has one Democrat after another Democrat. I don't get it. In his administration, Mnuchin securing a deal with McConnell, McCarthy, and Pelosi, and they get together and say we're abolishing voting. So on the most important legislation of our lifetime that will induce and continue an unconstitutional shutdown of liberty and economy and engender trillions in debt and dependency will not even get passed with a recorded vote. This is the new precedent, as Thomas Massey warned. So I want to get to what's going on in Congress. I want to get to what's going on throughout our cities and states. The tyranny that's going unchecked. Many of you have seen the appalling video of this woman with a group of mothers and their kids at a playground in Meridian, Idaho. Idaho! Idaho! Supposedly ruby red state. Being handcuffed by police. There's a couple things I want to mention here. Some have called into question, well, this was staged. They were asking for it. You know, it was taped off. And normally I take that into account because you have to know details. I'm not into outrage mongering over a video. But in this case, in the time we live in, I just don't care. I don't care if they took a camera there and premeditated the whole thing. We need to pick a fight. This is a place and a time where we need to pick a fight against this entire premise of lies. Yesterday I published a 15-point indictment of our governments replicating the Declaration of Independence, showing how the mixture and amalgamation of conflicting and hypocritical actions taken by our government, taken in totality, are completely indefensible, completely violating Governance by the consent of the governed, natural rights, and is insidious and deliberate, designed to implement the worst degree and the worst mix of tyranny and anarchy we've ever seen. So it's time to pick a scalp. And I want to pick for today, Idaho's governor, Chicken Little. Brad Chicken Little. This is a state where every statewide office is held by a Republican. Republicans have four-to-one majorities in both state houses. And yet we have a degree of tyranny taking place in that state that is on par with a state like California or New York. Another woman or family that had a yard sale outside their home, open air, large lawn, 
It wasn't like there was a gathering of 100 people there. It was, you know, one or two people at a time coming. They face a year in prison. Release the muggers and arrest the moms. This is what it's come to. And I want to reiterate a point I made about the police before we go on to Congress and the Trump administration. And that is, nobody has backed the blue more emphatically than I have. There is nobody on the internet with a byline attached to their work that has defended police more than I have. But I'm very troubled by what I'm seeing, and I, and I hope it doesn't represent the vast majority of them, and, I, and I, I, don't, I don't think it does. But forever we've seen police in recent months and years look so weak and helpless. You see them being beaten up, you see them having water thrown on them by known gang members in New York City, and they're just kind of passive, they look weak, they look helpless. We have people ravaging our neighborhoods, and they're like, what could we do? It's out of our hands. It's the law. The laws are bad. It's the politicians. And all right, you know, we understood that. It's the politicians doing it, not the police, and we backed them. But why is it that now suddenly they seem like these burly juggernauts when it comes to manhandling a group of a few women at a park with their kids? Why suddenly now do they seem so brave and strong? So no, I think now it is appropriate to name names of those cops doing that. Precisely so we don't taint all law enforcement. And to be fair, there's been a group of sheriffs in Michigan, Wisconsin, several other places that we're seeing, I'm going to have it out in an article later today, that are pushing back against these state edicts and doing the opposite and saying, look, we swore an oath to uphold the Constitution. This is unconstitutional. But I just wanted to make that point. But for today, I want you guys, anyone you know, if you live in Idaho, if you have family or friends in Idaho, to email and contact every state and county official and demand that they publicly demand that Governor Chicken Little follow in the footsteps of Governors DeSantis, Kemp, Abbott, and rescind this crap. If we can't have liberty in a state like Idaho, we need to move to a different country. So let's move on to Congress and the White House and the, and, and the legislation. There's two things I want to mix. These horrible bills that keep passing, giving Pelosi and Schumer 99% of what they want with the emphatic support of Trump and this immigration thing. Let's start off maybe with the immigration thing. So yesterday we celebrated the immigration moratorium with Jeff Sessions who is the leader in calling for this. Now, I want to say very clearly, and make sure if you haven't seen yesterday's episode, you could watch it. It's also available, that particular episode, through video on our Conservative Review YouTube page. But I don't want to take anything away from what I said yesterday. My point was, whether he follows through with this or not, which it looks like he's not following through with it, as always, Jeff Sessions deserves credit, and he at least has imbued in our body politic the premise of the need for a moratorium, and at least we're now discussing it. But as always, and this has been the pattern of the last three years, how am I supposed to back Trump more than he himself backs himself? 
for those of you in the audience who are more into Trump than some others as a person, not the agenda, but the personality, I want you to email me, dhorowitz at blazemedia.com, and, and, and give me advice. T- tell me what I'm supposed to think here. What do you want me to do? I badly want to back this guy. We have nobody else to turn to. Okay, there's nobody else who's going to get elected. Certainly, it's not going to come from McConnell, McCarthy, and the Rhinos. But then this guy goes and empowers McCarthy and McConnell and then puts Democrats like Kushner and Mnuchin and anyone in his legislative shop, the Office of of, uh, Legislative Council, of Legal uh, Council, the policy shop. They're full of liberals. They're full of the worst collection of the very globalists he ran against that you could imagine. What is going on here? And then he says one thing. They come in and override it. And he listens to them. So he announces this moratorium. In comes in Jared Kushner riding on his donkey, the antithesis of Paul Revere, and says, no, I don't want that. My crony Chinese friends aren't going to like us shutting down Chinese visas. So it turns out that rather than a moratorium that should be for a year or two in the midterm, not just designed for, you know, just preventing the global spread of bringing in more people internationally, but to deal with the labor market, that if you have 40% unemployment, and now we have a survey out that says 43% have lost wages or salary. So when you see, you know, 10, 15% unemployment, that, that doesn't price in what we've already seen, that 43%. And given that 14.5% of jobs are public sector and practically none of them have been cut, you could bank on the fact that all 43% of that cut is absorbed by the 85% of the, of the private sector, which would mean that really more at least 50-51% of the pu- private sector jobs have been cut. So why in, on God's earth would you bring in more Indian and, yes, Chinese workers? Yet Trump announced, it's still a work in progress, but that's the point. Rather than dancing in the end zone when you don't have the ball, the president, the quarterback, is trying to make the play, but then he waffles, then he has his own team sack him. You got to make the play, not dance before the ball's in the end zone. I'm sick of this Charlie Brown in the football game For three and a half years already. I'm sick of it. So he's now saying it's only going to be for 60 days. And it's not going to apply to guest workers. H1B, H2. And likely to refugees. Which we've been bringing in anyway. So it's only going to apply to LPRs. Now, here's the thing. Look. Like, there's two things about this. There's what he's applying to, and the duration that demonstrate this entire thing is a joke, and he's literally doing nothing that we weren't already doing. So let's unpack this. There's a lot to discuss with immigration. There's the culture, the language, you know, assimilation. I'm all for a moratorium on green cards as well, although you might want to do that a little bit more gradually just for certain families. You know, you have an American and a Canadian spouse just pending um, green card. Obviously, generally, we wouldn't want to shut it off immediately. You'd phase that out. 
I'm certainly, certainly for that. I've given the case for that for years. But at the juncture we sit at right now, the imperative is the guest workers. So now the left is actually making fun out of him. They're outflanking him from the right. I mean, they're they're disingenuous, but I'm saying they're not wrong when they say, wait, so you say this is to save wages and the American worker, and then you'll, you're, you're bringing in more guest workers. That makes no sense. Those are the first things that need to be shut off. And then the duration. Folks, when we started talking about this cutoff, this moratorium, it never, str- it never dawned on me we would mean now it was like in the midterm, not the short term, because the short term, we're all under house arrest. Every function is shut down. The notion that you would have worker visas and green cards being approved now when citizen rights are being infringed beyond belief, and also when we're scared of moving citizens outside their homes, we have a travel ban outside your homes from citizen to citizen, from family to family, from house to house, who would have ever thought we would bring in people internationally? That was a given. We get that for free. That's happening anyway. So that when he's saying I'm applying it for 60 days, it's a joke. It's happening anyway. Well, Daniel, well, well, we, we're still bringing in Afghani refugees. Well, those are exempt from the new order too. So it's garbage in, garbage out. Literally nothing changes from what was already happening. That's what a joke this whole thing is. The whole point of Trump's tweet was the American worker. So that's not just for the virus shutdown. But even after we stop the shutdown and eventually have international travel back up and running for most people, the idea is the jobs are scarce. It makes no sense to bring in more foreign workers. But here we are bringing in a China virus to our country Refusing to shut off. By the way, that was another thing. Now we know Trump's shut off in on January 30th was a fraud too. It wasn't shut off. Everything the guy does. It's like, what am I supposed to do? He has no control over his administration. We're sitting and talking about Mnuchin, Mnuchin. Well, who hired Mnuchin? Who retains Mnuchin? Who retains Jared Kushner? I mean, at some point, the buck's got to stop with the big man. Come on. Is the guy an invalid or impotent or something? Come on. What am I supposed to do? Sit and dance around the issue and like, oh, McConnell, McCarthy, Mnuchin. Well, this guy's got the veto pen and he's not only supporting it, he bashes and crushes patriots like Massey and supports their never Trump or Rhino uh, challengers for actually standing up for ending the shutdown. Which leads me to the next thing. So yesterday, literally... Within two hours of concocting a deal, they shove a vote down the Senate. Republicans control the Senate through voice vote. Voice vote. No recorded vote. Another $500 billion spent. Throwing more money in a black hole, further incentivizing, fueling, and encouraging the shutdown, rather than convening with hearings about the faulty science, having MIT researchers come down with their study and Carnegie Mellon and Stanford and refute what, what Fucky and Berkey and the Debbie and the Tony show. Also, who hired Debbie and Tony? Last time I checked, the president could fire them. 
But I digress. People are like, oh, Daniel, people are in pain. They need to get work. They, they need to get, these small businesses need to get reimbursed. But that's the point. The stupid thing failed. Massey was right. It was worthless. We, it was, like I said at the time, it was too much and too little at the same time. We bankrupted ourselves and then it didn't even address the problem. So now we throw more money at, after this. The Paycheck Protection Program. PPP. I never even heard of it. It's like DACA. All these phony conservatives are like, the, the, the new conservative, I mean, I'm really phony conservative, the new line is, <clears throat> they're now outflanking the Democrats. You see, we wanted to pass this two weeks ago. It's like, okay, so now their only criticism of the left is not the shutdown, not the liberty, not the constitution, not the federal focus, not deregulation, not tax cuts, not going after China. Nothing. Nothing with the coronavirus fascism. Nothing with the release of criminal aliens. Nothing with the release, of, you know, jailbreak of domestic criminals. You're not spending money quickly enough. This is why we have a Republican Party. All these, like, conservative organizations were, were echoing the same message yesterday. This bill sucked. It doesn't fix anything. In two weeks, we'll be back with the same thing. We'll be used up. If you want to tell me we owe small businesses money, so here's what you do. You, they, they want a paycheck, not a handout. Reopen the country and then pay reparations and be honest and transparent about it. Stop with this loan program. Uh, oh, so they'll put more money into it and they have to sit and do God knows what to get the money. Just give them the money and then, but reopen the country. They're missing the point. Until and unless you reopen the country, no amount of bankruptcy and money could ever cover the destruction of every small business in America. That's what we're seeing. It will last for, you, you could have trillion dollar bills and it will last for a few weeks. And we'll be back in the same place. <clears throat> Shut up. No debate. No amendments. No at least getting policy changes in return. Oh, Daniel, but at least we kept out the bailout of the states. No, but Trump then tweeted out that that's going to be phase five. Then there's going to be phase six. What is this? What is going on? We have no representative republic left. The idea is precisely on the most important bills that affect every aspect of our lives. Bills of the century is where you have a debate. Where you have amendments. Where you have a couple of days at least. If you don't want weeks, but at least days of public input. Where we could pressure members and members could give their input. And they have recorded votes. This is the America that the Paul Revere's and the Minutemen bled for right around this time of year in 1775. There's one thing you say, one emergency bill. No, 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 we got to pass it. We can't have enough time for debate. But we're on to phase four and five now. You still can't have debate. And they sit and it's not like they don't debate it. They debate it for two weeks behind closed doors, but then they come out with it strategically and vote on it two hours later and say, we don't have time. But that amendment process should be behind committees and open for, for those two-week period. This is the game they've been playing with the omnibus bills the last three years. So no Trump. You're not going to sit and kiss Pelosi's rear end and have Pelosi acolytes like Jared and Mnuchin running your administration and then piss on, on Thomas Massey. I'm sorry. That's a bridge too far. 
I'm sorry, Mr. President. Get your crap together. Get it together. Man, does this bother me. And then they have $75 billion for hospitals. Oh, Daniel, well, look, the hospitals are at the front lines. You agree we have to give hospitals money, right? Dude, it's not the ones at the front line. This is not the coronavirus money. That was the $130, $150 billion in the first bill. This is primarily for rural hospitals that are being shut down. So again, with one hand, government shuts down. They have the axe in one hand and then the morphine in the other hand. Well, get the axe out of your hand. Stop the shutdown. Meaning, this is not the coronavirus money, this is the shutdown. It's the royal hospitals that aren't really dealing much with coronavirus, but are shut down because the governors shut down their procedures and they can't do medical care. So they're bankrupt. They don't have revenue coming in. It makes no sense to continue flushing money down a shutdown and the shutdown. Well, Daniel, it's the governors, it's not the feds. No! For the crying out loud when governors violate the 14th Amendment. This is why we passed it. Congress has the authority to restrict, to pass legislation restricting governors from shutting down businesses and shutting down liberty. And they certainly have the leverage of the power of the purse to condition these funding to easement of easing of these restrictions. Why is it that at every turn when it actually matters, the Democrats win every time? And the game they play is, they do this every time. Basically, the issue at hand, we, we, we have a revolutionary issue at hand. Republicans agree to the talking points, parlance, premises, approach, strategy, funding, po- policies of everything the left wants to do. Albeit, the left will want to add like one extra thing. So, We're going to lock everyone in home confinement and we're going to fund transgender surgeries. So Republicans are like, and all these phony conservatives make the entire battle about, oh, how dare you put transgender surgeries into this vital piece of legislation? But they don't militate against the actual piece of crap and, and actually promote an alternative vision. So Democrats... Take, take that, uh, you know, away. And then it, it allows McConnell to say, look, we kept out some of these really bad poison pills from the bill. <laughs> right? So that helps move the Overton window to the left and makes what, the, what Pelosi ultimately wants to do appear to be more reasonable. This happens every single time. Every single time. And then... They're pushing for this proxy voting now, where you'll just have three members there voting by proxy for everyone. But as Thomas Massey said, number one, you should all be there. If Amazon workers, if shoppers, if all the people you want to give a lifeline to your stupid shutdown insidiously are working, then you better believe you're going to go to work. But if you're too cowardly to do that, at least have remote voting. Here's the point Massey made on the show two weeks ago. You see, the same bastards that have no problem with national voting through mail, where it's anonymous, no way to have voter integrity, suddenly they're like, well, we're scared of Chinese hacking to have our proceedings online and remote voting. When you have a defined population of known members that the vote is public anyway, Right, you can't cheat on that. That's the whole point. And like you said, that way they're at home, maybe with a staffer 
on conference with them, not isolated and bullied on the floor by whip teams. And we can actually have a little bit of republicanism in play. And people could watch the proceedings, whether they're hearings, whether they're votes, they could watch them. But no, McCarthy and McConnell are going along with the charade. Where the most important legislation of our lifetime is now voted on within two hours, without input, without debate, without amendments, and without a recorded vote. That is indefensible. It's truly disgusting. Now, one other thing here. After we have an economic Hiroshima, when all jobs are suspended and all Americans are locked at home, one thing will be left standing, government jobs. But there's another thing connected to government jobs that will be left standing, lobbyist jobs. See, this is a bonanza to lobbyists. If you want to know why our government is not responding to the whole of the people, notice what they find a rush to do. An emergency. We got to do this. Like, as early as tomorrow, the Supreme Court could come out with their so-called DACA decision. And believe me, all 535 members will have no concerns of coronavirus, and they'll get to Congress and within three hours vote on a DACA, DACA, DACA fix. Ooh, we got to do it. Criminals, illegal aliens, special interests. Oh, there's an emergency. But when it comes to dealing with the whole of the people, the shutdown and the anti-liberty and the jobs of the whole of the people, nothing. The reason is, look, follow the money. This is from CQ. The coronavirus pandemic, which upended the nation's policy and political agendas beginning in March, also fueled an escalation and federal lobbying, recent public disclosures show. The associations and corporations that routinely spend the most money on campaigns to influence the federal government, almost without exceptions, reported lobbying on coronavirus matters during the first three months of the year. Companies and groups involved in healthcare, defense, business, and technology focused largely on legislative measures aimed at rescuing the plummeting economy amid unprecedented unemployment. So this is all about science, and this is all about fear for the virus and concern for lives. No, no, no. This is about political crap. Social media giant Facebook <coughs> spent the most it ever has in a quarter, $5.3 million, while the National Association of Realtors disclosed shelling out $13.6 million first quarter, more than it spent in any quarter of last year. <coughs> um, <coughs> they have a chart showing the top ones. Chamber of Commerce, of course, led the pack, $21.6 million. Association of Realtors next, 13.6. Farmer comes in third at 9 million. The AMA, Communists, 6.6 million. American Hospital Association, Communists, 5.9. Facebook is next, 5.3. Open Society Policy Center, what is that? A Soros Group, 5. United Technologies, 5 million. Northrop Grumman, 4.8. Talk about the masters of the universe. If you want to know why we have this worse amalgamation of policies, criminals, illegal aliens released, refugees brought in, Americans under wrap, very targeted bailouts for some, you want to know why, there's your answer. We no longer have representative democracy of and by and for the whole of the people. It's of and by and for the masters of the universe. And it's all... 
This at its core is what Trump ran against. And he is now championing it bigly more than anyone has ever done at the most critical juncture in our history. Why does this man talk the biggest game when the ball is not in play? Yet when the ball is in play, he throws more interceptions than Jeb Bush would have. I just don't get it. If you have a defense of him, let me know. Because I, I, I want to believe in this man. We have no other choice. Obviously, you got to believe in God. Don't believe in princes. Son of a man who has no salvation. His spirit goes out into the dust of the earth. He, he dies. We believe in God. But politically speaking, there really is nothing else. But we need a new party. We need a Minutemen movement. We need a new party, a new movement to stand against the anarchy and the tyranny. Lock up the criminals. Lock up the muggers, not the moms. It's like, it's like you'll have these people just literally go up to a cop and punch him in the face. And the guy looks like a weak loser. And then they'll take a little woman, you know, 30-year-old woman with her child and, and just like twist her arms behind her back. Real brave. Real brave. Real patriots there. What a bunch of disgraceful pieces of garbage. But, like, this is the thing. Pelosi now has the country on autopilot. No transparency, no recorded votes. And whatever piece of bilge she sends to the White House, Trump will sign. Americans want a paycheck, not a handout. It's time to end this garbage. And look, you know, the big news today on the virus front is that in the very same county where we found the spread more ubiquitous, Santa Clara County from the Stanford study, the coroners just now confirmed there were two confirmed coronavirus deaths in February, one, one being February 5th. Until now, the first known death, supposedly, which was a joke, was in Washington State in February 29th. And again, clearly this was there in December and January. So the entire lockdown thing is a joke. We have to stop the spread. Stop the spread. How? When you have such compelling evidence smacks you in the face that the entire premise of the strategy is refuted by science, how do you not have Republicans having roundtables and hearings in Congress and legislature? Oh, they don't control the House. Well, they control the Senate. And nothing is stopping them from having field hearings in the minority either and broadcasting it. Where is everyone? Where are all these big talkers? How much longer are we going to play the Charlie Brown in the football game with the president where he says something, tweets something that resonates with us and then not only doesn't fulfill it, but gets people in his administration who stand for 180 degree diametrically opposed views and have put them in charge and implement the exact opposite? Every single time. It's become a joke. Dumper, get off the can. Fish or cut bait. Which one is it, Mr. President? 
This is just unbelievable. Murder in New York City is up 5.7% relative to this time last year. Burglary up 27.1%. Grand larceny auto up 62.7%. Folks, you don't understand how insane that is. To have even a modicum of crime with everything shut down is astounding. To have that much more crime in absolute numbers at a time like this relative to a normal time is unfathomable. That's the power of jailbreak. Yet 99% of this loser, fag, conservative movement, 99% of it, for five years at least, has been oriented towards the Soros agenda rather than fighting jailbreak, facilitating it, and passionately arguing it, and then getting yours truly, Donald Trump, to champion it. Every time he runs on one thing, he does the, like, hey, I mean, you gotta give him credit. Go big or go home. He doesn't do anything small. He talks big and then acts big in the other direction. Come on. You got to push the guy. Look, I give a lot of credit. Finally, and but we need more people doing this more consistently. And it had, had this been done for three years, we would have a very different presidency. But Tucker got on last night and said, this is crap what you're doing. This won't advance anything. This is not a moratorium. This will not protect the American worker. I give him a lot of credit. He's a lot bigger megaphone than I am. History will judge people. What did you do in your position of power? I thank all of you immensely for growing the show. The numbers are up 30 to 50% on a given day over a few months ago. Um, the articles, the downloads, we've had over a million hits on some of our coronavirus articles. The truth is getting out. And, you know, I want to be able to look my kids in the eye, my newborn, when she grows up, if there's tyranny, and this tyranny continues and we don't succeed, being able to say that, look, I did everything I could with my limited platform to try to spread the truth. And that's the thing. I, w- I want to I- I wanna come clean with you guys and do a little bit of a mea culpa here. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I want to apologize. Several weeks ago, on that Friday, when Massey was literally left alone and being beaten down by President Trump, for literally fighting Pelosi. He was accused of helping Pelosi when he was the only one fighting Pelosi. And history has proven him right. Ironically, the very bill that they're now saying we need to pass is to bail out the piece of crap. Look, you don't understand this bill was horrible. Well, gee, Thomas Massey told you, you idiot. So I want to apologize. There was a little part of my soul that was scared. I wasn't quick enough and swift enough in defending him. It's a little bit, it was later in the day. Some of you might have noticed because I did defend him, but you know, judging me on a scale, I don't hold anything back. So it was kind of muted. I was scared, I was scared. I mean, you know, everyone's, you know, to be a conservative now means to just unquestionably kiss Trump's rear end rather than Trump's 
campaign agenda and the principles that he was perceived as running on, which is what we should all back, not any one man and his fallibilities. Because you're not really backing Trump, you're backing Kushner and Mnuchin. But I, I was scared. I was scared to really, you know, I mean, it was a lynch mob. Let me tell you, folks, I won't make that mistake again. I don't know what Massey's going to do by the time you hear the show. It's early in the morning now. We need to have this man's back. What is going on now is an utter, utter disgrace. A disgrace across the board. So much more needs to be done. Sweden, this is from CNBC. Sweden resisted a lockdown, and its capital, Stockholm, is expected to reach herd immunity in weeks. Who would have ever thought the socialist Swedes would be more for liberty and prudence than America? Truly sad. Truly, truly sad. But again, 43% of Americans have lost jobs or wages. This is from the Pew Research study. 28% of respondents had lost jobs or been laid off. 43% if you include lost wages. Hispanic Americans, more than six in 10 reported losing jobs. So whenever they talk to you about, oh, I should bring in more more people, more this and that, more immigrants. Daniel, you're anti-immigrant. Well, the people hurt the most will be recent immigrants. More than half of Americans between the ages of 18 and 29 so all you stupid, you know, millennial, whatever, Generation Z, whatever they call it, that, that unquestionably, like, takes everything that social media puts out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need to do social distancing. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, well, well you're not going to have a job. That's a lot higher than the unemployment insurance numbers suggest because those are all backlogged. 43%. Those who fall in lower income brackets and those with lower levels of education were more likely to say their pay has been cut. Okay, so, I mean, again, like, it's funny, like, everything's all about the little guy, you know, rather than the whole of the people just doing what's prudent and that should benefit everyone. It's always the the, the so-called, you know, minority groups and the poor people, right? They're always into it. Ironically, those are the people hurt the most by the bipartisan unibrow tyrannical cartel. The anarcho-tyranny cartel. Those are the ones being hurt the most by this. Here's where we are. Suicides outpacing coronavirus deaths in Tennessee. Think about that for a minute. There are more suicides now taking place in Tennessee from the shutdown than coronavirus deaths. I don't know what more to say. The facts are in. The jury is in. We don't even have questions anymore. We actually have conclusions and answers now. And yet it's like literally a handful of no-name House members that have no power and Trump beats up on them. Where is everyone? 
And then at a state level, you have Governor Chicken Little, one rhino after another. Greg Abbott is finally coming around. Brian Kemp has shown some leadership. Governor DeSantis has been a rock. You had Florida, which is the oldest population around. And they were all like, DeSantis, he went ahead and never did lockdown. And even the distancing he did later, turns out he had one of the best per capita results in the country. And he, he was on Fox yesterday saying, look, in order to solve this, you don't need to infringe upon liberties. Folks, shouldn't this man be president instead of Donald Trump? I mean, Ron DeSantis is true MAGA without the bullcrap. Again, I want to love Trump, but this is not about any person. This is about outcomes. At some point, outcomes matter. If I have a quarterback that every second he's talking big like Tom Brady, I'm the best thing to You don't understand I have the best plays. But then every time he makes a play, he seems to throw more interceptions than the Cleveland Browns did over the last decade. And every time there's some sort of excuse. But like, well, I mean, which one is it? At some point, like, hey, hey, buddy. Leader, leader resign. Resign and get Mike Pence to resign too. Pelosi controls the government anyway. Imagine if we had Ron DeSantis as president. Boy, 2024 can't come quickly enough. Again, some of you might say, what choice do we have? It's him or Biden. I get it. But there's a third option. Get on his case. Don't trust. Verify. Demanded of him. Demanded of all your law lawmakers. Don't give him a honeymoon. He's long had a three and a half year honeymoon. Demand it. Demand that the policy outcomes comport with his tweets. Stop taking his tweets face value when we played this Charlie Brown with the football game a hundred times. Anyway, I gotta run. We have this whole logistical problem with all the newborn uh, babies, doctor appointments. My wife's got to take her in and can't take any of the other kids with her, so I got to go upstairs and watch them. But uh, I'll be on Mark Levin's show at 8.20 Eastern time tonight for a quick segment, update on what's going on in Congress. Folks, let's start off with Governor Brad Chicken Little in Idaho. Call all of your county and state officials. Give over this information. Send around my indictment, my declaration of independence, a 15-point indictment of what government has done. Let me know what else you want to do. Sign up to be one of our state Paul Revere's at Horowitz Citizen Sanctuary Facebook page. We also have a Twitter uh, page as well. We have a great group of patriots that are just working for free to uh, you know coalesce a group of fans and augment our message. Really appreciate that. I appreciate your support. Your subscription to Blaze TV, promo code Daniel, get $30 off a full year subscription. We got to spread the truth. I'm telling you, the minute we have trained fire on these cockroaches, they scatter. They can't stand the scrutiny. They're big and tough behind the bully pulpit, but the minute we expose them, and we're seeing that, a lot of these things 
these tyrannical things get rescinded. That's what we need to do. Folks, we, I have tons of articles at Conservative Review working overtime this week, but I need your help. Send me your stories, your insights. I can't do this alone. Let's build a family. Let's build a movement. And let's take back our republic. 